Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning, good morning, good morning. What it do, what it do, what it do. It is your boy, SportsWebD, right back at you once again with another installment of the SportsWeb Podcast right here on Heat 100 Radio. So I'm sure you might be thinking, do they sound a little clearer? Do things feel be better? Well, we got some new equipment that we're working with. And it is what it is. So, you know, I like what we got going on right now. And just, you know, work with us. I'm sure you will find yourself continually entertained and informed as we like to keep you here on Heat 100 Radio. You know, we say the station that keeps it 100. So, what we got going on is, you know, another episode, another installment of the Sports Rap Podcast right here. On Heat 100 Radio with your boy. I am flying solo today, but nonetheless, the show must go on, and I'm here. So, peep this. You know what we do. We got some news and some stuff for you. Stan, always tuning in. Thank you for thank you, thank you for for your continued support, good brother. Uh, congratulations to you as well on winning the uh, Philly Pro Am. Um, I know you guys have been wishing for that. And waiting for that for a minute, but congratulations to you on that. James E. Clax, thanks for tuning in as well. So listen, folks, we're going to get right down to what we do. And I got a story for you that I'm going to give to you that I just got this morning. Mixed in with some of the other stuff that I'm going to talk about today. So just sit tight, buckle in. You know what we do. Los from the Jack Los Experience. What's going on, good brother? Good morning to you all. So the sons and coach Monty Williams have agreed on an extension. There was not a lot of detail as to what uh, was going to be going on or what uh, the particulars were with the detail. But there has been some talk and some things going on uh, with Monty Williams, and he has been extended, which I think is a good thing. Uh, He he is um, a really good coach. Uh, You see what he has done to that franchise, what he has done with that franchise, and how he has improved and made them um pretty much the staple in the western conference as of the most recent year so shout outs to him for that and shout outs to him for getting that extension the nfl is still monitoring the alvin Kamara battery case so if you didn't hear i'm sure we talked about it here on the show there's a case pending whatever with alvin Kamara, assault and battery and whatnot yada 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 we all know the story we all know the backdrop of the story the NFL has now put it out that they are still monitoring that case. So apparently that just means that they are waiting to see what happens in the particular case in whatever city or particular state it is in that um, judiciary to find out probably or more than likely what his punishment will be um, from the NFL. So it's a tricky thing. You know, um, it's also like they we saw that uh, Calvin really was suspended pretty much I think for the the season for a $1,500 bet. Um, There's still stuff still out. The jury's still out on a punishment for Deshaun Watson. So who knows what's going on with the NFL and what they're thinking as far as their punishments and how they're handling things right now. So, of course, as always, definitely I will keep my ear to that story. Whatever I get definitely will relay back to you all when I get the information. The Eagles are among the teams uh, uh, listed in a, in a potential Jesse Bates trade. If you don't know, you all know what the Eagles did this summer. A lot of people um, 
national critics and local critics and fans is all in the same boat have mentioned that the Eagles have done pretty well this year in, in the offseason, uh, in the draft and in free agency. Um, they also addressed that the Eagles filled some holes, but there were still questions on with the one position is safety. Um, Jesse Bates is a much-talked-about safety for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I think he has requested a trade or he's been in trade talks, and now the Eagles have surfaced as a potential uh, trade destination for him. Number one basketball recruit Gigi Jackson has decommitted from the University of North Carolina and is now committed to South Carolina. How funny is that? You go from North Carolina to South Carolina. Pretty funny, but nonetheless, that's what he has just done. Texas rookie wide receiver John Metch III has been diagnosed with leukemia. Um, prayers and condolences out to him and his family. Uh, hopefully, he can, hopefully the doctors have caught it early enough. Hopefully he can get treatment and at some point get back on the field in some type of capacity. Vince McMahon has announced his retirement from the WWE. The Nets, Seth Curry, will be touring Australia for Foot Locker. There are rumors that LeBron James has no interest in playing with Russell Westbrook. We're going to talk a little bit about that a little bit later on today. Uh, the National Base Baseball Hall of Fame inducted seven on Sunday. Uh, Las Vegas, Orlando, and San Antonio have been pegged to join the XFL in 2023. Former Laker Slava Medvedenko is selling his title rings to raise money for his native Ukraine. And we are 50 days from week one in the NFL season. So there you have it, folks. Those That is your news uh, and your updates, like we sometimes say, the news you can use from the weekend. And we're going to jump right into some baseball scores and some WNBA scores from yesterday. Uh, let's see. In Major League Baseball, the Cubs defeat the Phillies at the park 4-3. The Angels beat the Braves 9-1. The Yankees blank the Orioles 6-zip. The Marlins uh, get, by the, get by the Pirates 6-5 in 10 innings. The Blue Jays double up on the Red Sox 8-4. The Twins go and take the game in Detroit over the Tigers 9-1. The Cardinals fall to the Reds 6-3. The Guardians also fall to the White Sox by the same score 6-3. The Rays and the Royals go at it. The Royals take that game 4-2. The Brewers edge out the Rockies at home 10-9. The Rangers uh, get by the A's 11-8. The Giants fall to the Dodgers 7-4. The Nationals get by the Diamondbacks 4-3. The Astros beat the Mariners 8-5. And also by score of 8-5, the Mets beat the Padres in that game. In the WNBA on Sunday, the Wings defeat the Fever 96-86. Kenny Lomax, thanks for tuning in, good brother. Uh, the Dream fall to the Storm 82-72. And in the closer game yesterday, the Sun defeat the Lynx 86-79. Folks, that is your news, your scores, and your updates for July 25th, 2022. So, when I last talked to you all in studio, I talked to you and I mentioned the story about Sean Marks, former GM of the New Jersey, of the Brooklyn Nets, um, and his concern and his thought process and his thoughts on 
the Sixers and their signing of James Harden, re-signing of James Harden, all with going in touch with signing P.J. Tucker. Uh, he believed that the Sixers should be somehow, some way, investigated for tampering because of the time frame that P.J. Tucker was allegedly signed by the Philadelphia 76ers. So, we, we talk about that a little bit more. And, you know, they says now that the league is suspicious. I don't understand it. I don't get it. Um, like, especially coming from Sean Marks, because Sean Marks, I know, like I mentioned, I know you were a former GM. So you know how this thing works. And I, this is this, this is where I begin to maybe beat the dead horse again. These are the things that I said when we initially talked about the situation. But it just brings it back to me once again when we talk about, and I keep seeing articles about it. it, it it's amazing to see how things play out um, in certain situations, if you will. The, the Philadelphia 76ers have in regards to what the fans believe and what locals believe, have always been in the eye shot um, of the media, of the national media, especially in a not-so-good way. Uh, we also know and we also feel very strongly about the NBA and some of their voting processes for specific awards. And we can easily say, when we see continually see these articles, we can easily say, oh, like we like to say, oh, the hate continues. It continues. But getting back to what um, Sean Marks mentioned and how this thing plays out, I understand where you could try and stake your argument, um, possibly that they were talking to each other, at the end of the season before they really could and all kinds of things of that nature. But again, you, it would be tough because you arguably would not have any or much hard proof of that particular type of dialogue or that particular situation uh, coming or having taken place. So you can't really prove that they talk to each other and whatever, yada, 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 however you may think about it. But you also have to think about the entire situation as well. Like I mentioned um, in the beginning, that P.J. Tucker became a free agent. And at the point he becomes a free agent, he is available to sign with any team that he wishes. As far as being that would be constitute an unrestricted free agent. If he were a free, restricted free agent, he could listen to offers and his his team that he was last with would have the option to match any offer for him. So apparently he was an unrestricted free agent. He, right out of the gate, he signed with the Philadelphia 76ers. And of course, they all picked out the very, very, the most obvious point that there is a relationship with Daryl Morey. They were both in Houston at the same time. There is a relationship with James Harden. They were also all three in Houston at one point together. So that's where they are 
arguably laying the suspicions. Um, Daryl Morey was caught, you know, uh, was caught under fire a little bit when he first got here for um, a tweet. Okay, but again, the same thing with they signed Daniel House, another Houston Rockets former teammate of theirs. Uh, and then they made the stink about James Harden taking less money. Like, I, I don't understand how they figured that because in the same situation, he was uh, under contract with the player option, which would have made him an unrestricted free agent. So at that point, when he opted out of that last year, that final year of that contract, made him an unrestricted free agent, free agent meaning he would be able to sign with whomever he decided to sign with. There apparently was a conversation leading back to or having ties to some of the things that James Harden said once he got traded here. The simple fact that he wanted to come here, uh, he will do whatever it takes to help this team win. At the end of the season, he had to close out interviews and last interviews. He said the same thing. He reiterated that again. So the conversation reportedly went on the lines of James Harden telling Daryl to do whatever he needed to do, sign who he needed to sign, and give me what was left over. In my opinion, from one of your stars, arguably your second superstar, I have no issues with that. Um, he took a $15 million pay cut. They brought in some pieces that were needed that will help this team that will bring a little bit more comfort to James Harden because these are, he has some more people that he's played with before. Um, we have seen him in the gym working out with team, teammates currently. But it's going to bring the edge, the toughness that a lot of the players talked about that they did not have in the end of the season going into that Miami series. Players like P.J. Tucker, who Joel Embiid mentioned in his outgoing press conferences, mentioned about his toughness and not about his scoring, about the, length, the little things that he does, that we say the intangibles, the game within the game that he plays that helps so many teams that he's been on. Definitely will help the 76ers. Um, it, it's going to help in a major way because it's a veteran person, veteran who, who admire, who not admires, but who warrants the respect and, and demands the respect and will push these guys to get on the same page and get tough, you know, and, and be able to get through some, some of this adversity that they have not been able to get through. So I think it's a good thing. But again, with the situation with the investigation, it is just just mind-boggling to me, you know, how, how this um, had come out. Like the speculation, um, and, and here's what the speculation is, and I'll read this for you just so you know what, what is actually going on. There is suspicion in some corners of the league that Harden had to have consented to this arrangement. So also, here it is, before I finish reading that, what they're saying is, or they're alleging is, that 
James Harden could get a lot of that money back and possibly more after this two-year deal. And this is part of the reason why he accepted the $15 million pay cut or accepted and signed this two-year deal, team-friendly deal, because there's a wink-wink, whatever deal, allegedly, that says that he would get this money later on after the 2023 season where he could be up again for a max or a super max contract. But let me just read it to you, and here's what the suspicion is. And I'm going to read it again. Start from the very beginning. There is a suspicion in some corners of the league that Harden had to have consented to this arrangement because he also secured a wink-wink guarantee about the future, meaning a promise from Maury that would allow Harden to recoup what he left on the table this offseason by declining the player option for next season in his new Sixers deal and then signing a whopper of a five-year deal in the summer of 2023 at almost 34. Such speculation is inevitable given how close Maury and Harden clearly are. But I've also heard plenty around the league question whether the Sixers, beyond the fact that these types of arrangements are against league rules, could actually bring themselves to give Harden any assurances, end quote. Uh, you know, here, like I mentioned a little while ago, they said the Sixers have been under the microscope since Daryl Morey took over in the front office. Um, he was fined, like I mentioned to you, for an automated tweet regarding Harden as it was viewed as tampering. Um, the Sixers were finally on the road to officially landing Harden one year later. Many wanted to see the 76ers get investigated for tampering once again. The... <laughs> 76ers are expected to face a possible punishment for tampering after signing P.J. Tucker to a three-year deal in the opening minutes of free agency. I don't, I don't get it where teams can agree on deals, but nothing can be finalized until the moratorium, right, like we said, which is a week. But this statement clearly says in the opening minutes – of free agency so where in lies the problem where where is the problem the opening minutes of free agency that means it was in the free agency period so where where is the problem so you're basically trying to say that there was something in place before then which happens a lot deals get in place and you hear something immediately like when free agency starts that a player a has agreed to a deal with team C deal can't be finalized until yada 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 we know that we know it happens so why is there so much interest in how the Sixers did it you know and I think like I said it's because of the situation where I mentioned about the James Harden deal where he took the pay cut and I said I respected that a whole lot more from a superstar as opposed to the, the the moves that LeBron James and Kevin Durant made to get a championship. James Harden has got to apparently where he wanted to be as a team, as far as on a team. He has some players here that he feels like he can play with in Joel Embiid, uh, Tobias Harris, and um, Tyrese Maxey. He feels strong enough that they can do some things here. They brought in some pieces. And I get the fact that he tried it in other places. They got close, but it didn't happen. Obviously, he feels like he has this is possibly or arguably his final chance. He feels confident enough that it can be done here. So he wants the team to be in every position, and he wants to help put that team in every position 
to be able to do that. And again, I don't see anything wrong with him taking that pay cut in order to help the team get to the position that they all want to get to. So we'll see what happens. Um, like they said, um, you know, they're, they're being accused of having a wink-wink deal in place with Harden, yada, yada, yada. But, like, how do people, how does anyone know that unless it was leaked out or something like that? So how does anyone know that? Like I said, they would definitely have a hard time um, coming up with some hard proof that that, um, that, that activity even took place. Uh, finally, it says that it would be difficult for anybody to prove that's truly the case. As long as Harden remains on a Daryl Morey-controlled roster, league personnel will likely remain suspicious about how roster moves are being handled. So, again, like we say, it's a Daryl Morey thing. It's a James Harden thing. It's a tandem thing. It's a package deal. We'll have to deal with that for the time that they are here. But nonetheless, I, again, I have no issues with what they have done. Um, I actually like pretty much all of the moves again. Uh, the one deal that happened on draft night that people could um, arguably be a little bit, feel like a little bit of a way about um, due to the, as speaking in regards to the fan base um, and this particular player, um, Danny Green who was beginning to become a fan favorite, um, I believe, here. Uh, but again, that was a complete business decision. And, and, and folks, you have to understand the business side, like we always tell you, and the business with that situation was the serious injury, excuse me, or the seriousness of the injury to Danny Green that he sustained in the Miami Heat series would have put him out all of next season and possibly part of the following season. We all know Danny Green's up there in the age a little bit, so he could very easily, or he could arguably be contemplating retirement with this injury, because it was a very serious injury, so he could be contemplating retirement. But what you did as far as the Sixers in making that trade on draft night for DeAnthony Melton from uh, Memphis, you got younger on your wing, you got a player that does a lot of the things that Danny Green does with a little bit more off the dribble activity and someone that's younger. And you cleared up some space on your cat. Um, you were arguably, you were set to pay Danny Green 10 mil. And what was the point? If you're trying to make improvements to win, to get past where you've been the past two years and ended in the playoffs, you make this move on a business side, you know, to better the franchise. And it would make no sense to have kept him on the roster, uh, paying him $10 million, and you know that he's not going to play all season. So in essence, he's really not helping you uh, play by, on being, I'm sorry, he's not helping you by being on the roster, collecting $10 million, and you know that he's not going to play. So pretty good business move. I mean, you got something back in return, which, which I think could help immediately um, on this roster. Uh, yesterday, or the day before, maybe over the weekend, as much, pretty much, the Sixers, as you have, have heard, have announced plans to build a new arena in Center City. So there's a lot of talk about the arena in Center City or the arena being built in Center City. It's um, projected or speculated to be at the site of the Fashion District, which, again, like I mentioned, it um, 
most of us from the city of Philadelphia who are in our, I'm going to say, 40s or, or up, remember this fashion district being called the Gallery. But it's called the Fashion District now. And it is now the projected site of the new Sixers independently funded basketball stadium, which would be called 76th Place in Center City, uh, Philadelphia. Um, a lot of people are back and forth with it. One of the first things that people talked about was parking. Uh, some of the things that they mentioned in their decision on this particular site was the accessibility by um, public transportation. Um, they say in their research they found that there were more accesses or there was more access to public transportation in that particular spot than it even was at the Wells Fargo Center in South Philadelphia. And also, mind you, just a quick note, the Sixers lease is up in 2031. And this is where the projected building is projected to open. Um, they also say that it will this new building will help revitalize the or continue to continue or add to the revitalization of Center City. Also, um, getting back to the parking issue, there are several uh, parking facilities. Um, in a few miles distances of the stadium. Um, they also say that one of the benefits of that is that they're far enough away from the stadium, from the projected site of the stadium, where they will have access directly to the stadium from the parking lot, and then the parking lots have different exits, so it will somewhat ease traffic. Because if you know, if you've ever been down to South Philly, you know, driving down there, you, you got to have, you got to create yourself or give yourself some options. Uh, and because coming out of there at the end of that game, people come out and they just drive. Like, and it seems like to me, and I say this a lot, like it seems like people that you could say lived in this city for like most of their lives or for long periods of time or lived in the area seem like they have one way to go and go, go, to go to and leave places to go back home, which I think is insane because I feel like just just me personally, I feel like you should have more than one way to get places and more than one way to get home. Um, I'm the same way, like coming home from work. There, I got options. I can go one way. I can go this way. I can go that way. And I think that helps um, for me. It helps with getting around some traffic. I mean, when you have a, an event like that, a major sporting event, there's definitely going to be traffic. There's no way to get around the traffic. But you can find other ways to minimize your dealings with the traffic. And I think that's one of the reasons, one of the things that they're trying to stress here with this site being where it is. Um, like, like I mentioned, it's very accessible to public transportation. Uh, it says in the article, it says the arena will have direct connection to over 200 stations which is nine times more than the Wells Fargo Center. He said those who drive, um, the site is within a half-mile radius of 29 parking garages operating with significant space capacity. And again, like I said, they will even have some of those garages which will spread out the traffic congestion. There will be some that will have access to the building. So 
I think the Sixers are, or the ownership is trying to catch up with some of the other teams in the league, some of the other things going on in the league where a lot of teams are getting new arenas. Uh, also, you know, the Sixers share the Wells Fargo with the Flyers. Uh, when the Wings are in season, they share it with the Wings. They used to share it with the AFL, the Philadelphia Soul. Um, I think they used to also share it with the Indoor Soccer League or whatever. But there was a lot going on in that building. And then with this new building, they can create a space, um, create a home, literally, of their own. Uh, it, it will help... Um, because of, like we said, it will help the revitalization of downtown Center City because with the hotels and things that would be definitely in walking distance. Like they said, the parking garages are in walking distance. There's other things to do. So, like, people could come in early for a game and pretty much make a night out of it. You know, you go in, you have an early dinner, you go to a game, and then, you know, you maybe go somewhere after the game to a bar or something after the game, or if not, you go home and... and you you could arguably have less stress getting out with these parking lots or you can just get on public transportation and go you know wherever you parked your car if that was your situation or whatever or get on your car get in the bus and, and go ahead about your way um so you know i think it might help with some jobs um also because again it's going to be a private um issue I mean, privately funded i'm sorry privately funded facility so it should be interesting um like we said it's a ways off you know it's projected in 2031 so there there is there's going to be some times probably going to be some news about some tweaks maybe it's going to be a lot of questions a lot of things are going to be done and discussed about this thing um and a lot of planning and, and you know the more news i get the more i will bring to you all as i always do so getting back to the sixers one last time and one of the things that i wanted to bring to everybody's attention is what they did in free agency um with the signing of james harden for that 68 million which is the 33 for this year the 35.6 for the second year they also signed pj tucker uh to his deal daniel house um and, and now they're in that range where what the league calls the flex have have a little bit of flexibility um against that apron of tax the luxury tax apron um what that basically means is the sixers now currently have about arguably three million um in, in cap space that will put them right at the apron um, and possibly avoid them from going over the, the luxury tax. There's a bunch of ways that they can stay there. Um, again, now that I'm looking at this, they can make some trades with some people and bring some other people in um, and still not be on that cap. But again, like I said, they're like three mil, 3.4 million um, under that apron, where that's basically what they have, which is arguably like the veterans minimum. Um, the only way I think that they could really bring in a, a significant key piece is possibly with some type of trade um, where they could possibly trade 
Furcon Korkmaz, Jaden Springer, Shake Milton, Jake Milton, um, Matisse Stiebel, one of those guys in the deal. Um, they tried to move Tobias Harris, like I mentioned to you last week, but it was just, just it, it, I mentioned it when I, even when I said it, I thought in the beginning, I thought that things would go around, evolve around him. But that contract that he has is just so, so hard to move that I'm sure they really didn't find any, if any at all, biters on um, taking on that contract. So that um, is probably going to have to wait until another time. Um, finally, for this first segment, um, I'll talk again a little bit um, about the situation that I, that I got this morning where it's involving Kevin Durant, some more Kevin Durant news. And the latest reports are that the Boston Celtics have emerged as a threat in landing Kevin Durant. Um, they have allegedly, reportedly, been in talks with each other, Boston and Brooklyn, um, to possibly talk about a deal. Um, one deal that was allegedly offered, the offer was, first, let me just say this, the Celtics have been rumored to be in talks um, for KD, and they allegedly want Jalen Brown involved in any deal. So what was offered was Jalen Brown, Derek White, and a draft pick for Kevin Durant, and that offer was rejected. Um... The Nets are asking for Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, draft picks, plural, meaning more than one, draft picks, and one more rotation player um, for a deal for Kevin Durant. So I saw this article, and you know, I always research and find out things to bring to you. Other than sometimes we get like we got last week with the fun stuff or whatever, but we it, it, the article is is four four trade requests four reasons four ways four reasons four ways whatever that the Kevin Durant trade request can end. Um, the first one, um, <laughs> funny thing, he could actually play for the Nets to start the season. Again, people, understanding the business, understanding the things that we tell you here, if you follow, and I know you do, you've heard us say this several times, you heard us say this several times within the Ben Simmons situation until something actually happened, you signed a four-year extension, so you have four years left on the contract, which you are under contract, where the Nets ideally do not have to trade you at all, if nothing becomes of their liking, they don't have to trade you at all. You've got Kyrie Irving who has already opted in. So to move him, that would have to also be by via trade. But on the Kevin Durant front, he could very arguably or very easily start the season on the Brooklyn Nets roster. Um you know, they, they don't they have Kyrie Irving, so they would like to possibly try and run it back. Um, they could be getting some pieces back, but there's a lot of hope uh, going on over there in Brooklyn, and I think that's part of the reason why Sean Marks had his comment because of his his past ties with the Nets, and he sees how things are going right now, and he sees the Sixers have 
arguably supplanted them as like a, the in the top five rankings of Eastern Conference teams. But but anyway, uh, Brooklyn can hope that Ben Simmons recovers from his back injury. They can also hope that Joe Harris recovers from his ankle injury. They can hope the signing of T.J. Warren re- rediscovers the incredible scoring punch he showed in the bubble. They can hope that Nick Claxton improves enough to be an average, to be an, a- an above average starting center, and they can bank on Royce O'Neal finally giving them a real three and D wing. Yeah, well. We all know how I feel about the Simmons thing. I don't know about that. Um, Joe Harris is arguably going to have to work his way back in, considering he is the wing player, the jump shooter, so he's going to have a lot to do with his leg. So that ankle is going to have to be 100% for him to be uh, um, a serious contributor. Uh, Number two, Durant could hold out until the trade happens. You saw the same thing with Ben Simmons. He could sit out. Um, but again, people have seen the blueprint, what the Sixers did in the finding. So they could arguably as well go that route. Um, they could find him. Um, and when you do stuff like that, then you have trade value that drops. And arguably that helps and that drops your trade value. So that lessens your possibilities of being moved. Um, he could get traded to the Suns. Don't think that would happen because our, I'm sure that the Nets would be asking for Devin Booker in that deal. They would not be willing to take what Phoenix would be offering in a deal. And then he gets traded to some mystery team, which I doubt will happen. I don't think he'll get traded to some mystery team at all. I think what will happen is he'll end up starting on the roster and they'll continue to work and possibly, possibly revisited during the trade deadline when that stuff comes up. And then again, like we said, they could just end everything and say, no, nobody's giving us what we want. So we're going to hold on to him. And then if he plays, he plays. If he doesn't, he doesn't. So we'll definitely um, see how that plays out um, in the upcoming weeks, months, days going into the season. Right now, folks, I'm going to take my first break. When I return, I'm going to talk a little bit about the LeBron James, Russell Westbrook situation. Um, And we're going to talk a little football since we are, again, 50 days away from the beginning of the NFL season. And we are maybe a week away from Eagles opening training camp. Folks, you are tuned in to Sports Rap Podcast right here on Heat 100 Radio. It's your boy signing out. See you on the other side in just a few minutes. what's going on so let's get to it Russell Westbrook LeBron James both players on the current LA Lakers roster um we know how we know the situation like I said I I like to give you backdrop when I start talking about things so here we go we know the backdrop of how Russell Westbrook ended up in LA here was 
some talk, some chatter. LeBron allegedly voiced his opinion. The front office listened because of that superstar. They want to appease him. <sighs> Made a move, got rid of some young talent, some young pieces, traded them to Washington for Russell Westbrook. By a month or so after that trade, they began to realize that arguably or possibly this isn't working. It became very apparent when the Lakers didn't make the playoffs. Been consistent talk about these two particular players not being able to play together. Their alleged big three of LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, and Anthony Davis cannot coexist together. They need to figure out something. How and, and most recently with the KD saga and the KD drama, if you will, we've heard that there's been talk possibly about the Lakers acquiring Kyrie Irving in a trade. There's still some rumbling, some mumbling about that. Definitely don't know what the situation fully is yet there, but we will soon see. Uh, but apparently there's this rift where... LeBron James is apparently done with Russell Westbrook. Um, you saw the reports on social media where they said that they were at um, a summer league game sitting like rows apart from each other, seats apart from each other, and didn't even acknowledge or didn't even speak to each other. Um, you know, uh, Westbrook with everything in his press conference while he was there and then at the end of the season with the threats that he allegedly received and how he felt that he was the best player, some of his comments on that team, um, how he felt that he was not being treated fairly. Uh, you know, it, it's really strange how much impact a player actually has on what a front office does. Um, I understand where a front office may go to a star player and inquire um, or pick their brain on what they're thinking, um, see if they have any suggestions on what they would like to the franchise to attempt to do to improve the team, to make things better for that particular superstar. I do get that. But like with LeBron, it's on a different level. Um, and we see how... It has played out. I'm not going to go into detail of how I feel it played out. Anybody that knows has been watching basketball the last few years or whatever, so you know how a lot of these different situations have played out. So the Lakers are right now, um, after he opted in, I think he opted into about maybe a 46 some point something million dollar deal for his, uh, his player option. Um, I think it was Westbrook, um, but right now they they have him on the roster. They could they could conceivably still be trying to move him uh, for some other pieces, but <laughs> it, it's kind of like the situation with the Sixers are in with Tobias Harris, but for different reasons. If you get what I'm saying, if you get where I'm going with that. Um, I'm not sure how many other teams are or would be willing right now 
to kick the tires on Russell Westbrook with the contract that he has. Um, I don't know if people feel he's still at the level that he believes that he is. And again, I talked about this last week when I talked about the situation. I said, if anybody doesn't want to believe me, you know, always go to that Kobe documentary. Um, I forget the title of it. When I, when I think the title, I'll post it and I'll find it again. But if he got to Kobe. He got it. Okay, he got it. Um, and, and there are a lot of guys that I feel like need to get it. Um, and, and I think Russell Westbrook is one of those guys. And, and I'm not saying that he couldn't be a contributor on a team. Yes, yes, I think he could be a contributor on a team. But even like with the comment that he said with – He's the best player on the Lakers. Even though I am not the hugest LeBron James fan, for my own reasons, basketball-wise, I don't agree with that statement that Russell Westbrook made. Basketball-wise, I somewhat admire the things that LeBron James can do on the basketball court with his physical stature and size. So again, like I said, I'm not the hugest LeBron James fan, but basketball-wise, I get it. I understand what he can do and who he is as far as the basketball player. But like I said, it's just my personal things that I have where I'm just not the hugest fan. And I'm not saying I don't I don't I dislike him or anything like that. I'm just not a huge fan. Uh but again, I disagree with that comment that Russell Westbrook made where he put out there and said that he was the best player on the team. I don't get that. Um although you both are up there in age, LeBron has although I have my issues and my ways and, and thoughts about how they happened. He did go on to teams and help teams win championships. I can say that. Again, like I said, in my own way, I, I really don't like the way that those entire situations played out. But nonetheless, he has done it. Um, And if he is where a lot of media projects him and how and in a lot of ways how he comes off as being and I'm not necessarily saying that this he is he is this person I'm just saying sometimes it comes off like him being like this having that much influence that the Lakers will still uh try to move um Russell Westbrook at some point but you know we'll see um how that all goes and how that all plays out so moving along, um, the Robert Reeves, thanks for tuning in. Moving along, we are again, like I mentioned, 50 days away from football season. 50 days away from football season. So, that being said, we have to talk some Eagles. We got to talk some Eagles. We got to talk um, a little bit of NFC East, where I think the Eagles um, can win the division with the additions, with the moves that they made this off season. I feel like they put themselves in position to win the division. I think they can supplant Dallas in the division. Um, Washington, 
again, the Washington's defense is is pretty decent. They have some pieces there, but their big question mark is Carson Wentz. Their big question mark is quarterback. The Giants questions in a number of places. The Cowboys, you don't know who's going to show up. The Eagles made the improvements to become kings of the NFC East once again. So, like I mentioned also, um, I think a lot of their success will revolve around Jalen Hurts. Although he has now the tools around him to succeed, again, he has to do it. Um, We saw the numbers from last year. We like those numbers. But we need to see him be the quarterback. We need to see him do more things with his arm than with his legs. Um, And now you have the tools around you to do so. Um, Like you say, the biggest question is how much better has he gotten? We've seen all the work that he has put in in video and in talk and in interviews and things of that nature and people that he's worked out with um, and how he's worked out with his new receivers along with his current receivers. So his familiarity with the coach and the system will also help. Um, And everybody's saying that they see a difference in him. So hopefully that is truly the case. Um, Who, which player has the most to prove? Arguably Jalen Rager. Um, Like we said, he was in that draft um, where the Eagles could have had Justin Jefferson. They opted to take Jalen Rager, allegedly because of his speed on the outside. Has not lived up to his billing um, as of yet. Um, So... Look to see some things from him. Like I said, the Eagles addressed a, a lot of uh, pieces, a lot of spaces, a lot of holes that they needed. Um, cornerback, um, they, they did some linebacker thing. They did some rushing, some edge rushers that they needed some help in that position. So they did some things. And, it, and again, like I said, the biggest and the most shocking move of all was on draft night, the first day of draft night when they made that trade for A.J. Brown. That arguably set the table for what they were going to do and and they lived up to the moves after that um like we said the other ones were free agents who were arguably um inked or or basically inked before the actual draft due to free agency period but the 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 biggest move was that of that trade for aj brown And, and it wasn't like they gave stuff away they traded and they still ended up getting picks um and making selections for replacements for some play from veterans who may be on their way out as far as just their age and abilities. Um, so they, they got some pieces who can fill in and they have enough time now where they can get the tutelage from these veterans and be ready to step in when it's their time to step in um, without many um, gaps or loopholes or anything like that. So I think the Eagles did pretty good um, in the draft and in off season. Also, just a little another thing from the NFL they have had some teams who have um, announced and released somewhat some new uniforms or some alternate uniforms, if you will. The Eagles are also on this list. The Eagles will bring back the Kelly Green uniforms, which are the uniforms from the 80s and the 90s. So we're looking at like that uh, Jerome Brown, Reggie White, Randall Cunningham era. Uh, definitely looking forward to see those. Those are like classic uniforms um, that 
you know, um, you miss, um, bring back great, great memories um, as far as uh, what the Eagles team is and 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 and, and excitement uh, in um in our season. And it'd be cool to see them play in some of those older uniforms, you know. So other teams have other stuff. You can um actually go to the page. And I posted the article, I believe, but you can go to the page and check it and see what other teams have in store for their alternate uniforms. Um, again, those, again, uh, like I mentioned in the opening, um, the Hall of Fame, Major League Baseball inducted seven players over the weekend. Those seven particular inductees were David Ortiz, Tony Oliva, Buck O'Neill, Jim Cat, Gil Hodges, Bud Fowler, and Minnie Mignosa. So congratulations to all of them. Some of them um, have already left us, and so they are in posthumously. So congratulations to them and their families for being in. And also congratulations to David Ortiz, a.k.a. Big Poppy, who allegedly stole the show um, with his speech over the uh, induction ceremony weekend. So finally, folks, I want to talk to you, to you a little bit about a story that I saw that I thought was pretty interesting um, I thought it was also a little crazy and a little strange. So you, I'm sure you kind of remember how when I talk about these pro athletes getting into situations and then I dig and I tell you about a lot of their backgrounds, um, which is a lot of the cases they come from like nothing, um, very poor situations, if that, um, or, you know, not having much. And then they get into situations where they can do everything that they dreamed of and they feel that they're somewhat untouchable and all of that, things of that nature and whatever. Um, the story I'm talking in reference to is is a story that, that was I saw that caught my attention about a former retired or former NBA player, uh, Nikola Pekovic, who played for the Minnesota Timberwolves. He was drafted uh, in 2008 as the 31st pick in in that draft. Um, He was under contract with the team in Europe, so he didn't make his debut until two years later in 2010. Um, Played minutes as a backup, you know, averaging five points, three rebounds. He improved that next season to 13 and 7. Those numbers rolled over the next two seasons. He was up to 17 points. Um, then he got an ankle injury um, that uh, protected him, became a chronic injury and a problem from 2015 to 2017. And also in between that time and 2017 is when the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, selected their newest star um, or their, one of their, their coming star, becoming star, sorry, Carl uh, Anthony Towns. So what the story is saying is that he became an overall drug lord back in his home country. Um, all along when he was in the NBA, there were story, stories that he had ties to the Cyrus brothers who were allegedly major, major drug lords um, in Serbia or wherever. I think that's where he was from. Yeah, Serbia. But he had ties to them. Um, and even at one point, there was he had several business investments with them. Um, there was even at one point where a car was pulled over. The car was in his name. There was guns and drugs in the car. 
um, he took care of some things for those brothers, and he had just had very serious ties to those brothers. So you never truly know where some of these professional athletes uh, come from. Um, their backgrounds could be very sketchy, could be very interesting. Like we said, this in this background and this story was one that I thought was a little interesting, a little crazy um, to see. But, you know, um, the injury that he had that caused him to be um, away from the NBA uh, could have had a major impact on him um, as far as financially where he knew that his ties were there and then you know or he could have been locked into where he was a big time investor because he had the NBA flow of money and it could have been a way to clean the money so again like I always tell you when I bring you stories like this there's a lot of avenues a lot of ways a lot of angles you can look at these um, particular situations but again like I said the story was just something that I thought was a little strange, um, a little weird to for that to happen, for him to, to be actually allegedly labeled as a drug lord. Like, I can understand um, maybe if he ended up selling some drugs or whatever, but they actually labeled him as a drug lord, like he was the man or something like that. Uh, I don't think that was truly the case. I just think that he had ties to the biggest drug lords and so they just incorporated him in that mix um especially like i mentioned when i said that that car was pulled over and the amount of uh, drugs and whatever was in the car and the car was in his name and he helped those brothers um in that situation uh, financially and legally so you know um you never know um you can have people that are into some really intricate some really gangster if you will stuff um outside and and sometimes you know that sport um could be the way for them to kind of step away from the situation or attempt to step away and remove themselves from that situation and move on to better things and then you get situations like we say if guys get hurt and can't play and then it's like they don't know anything else. Um, they have to get over the embarrassment of possibly being um, a, a, a star um, and then, uh, I mean, yeah, um, being a star and then having to go and work a regular nine to five. Um, let's see. I got a comment here that I see. See if I can read it. Uh, Robert Reese, he said, I missed who you were talking about, heard the story, missed the name. Yeah, Robert, it is um, Nikola Pekovic. Um, he used to play for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Like I said, he was the the center there prior to them drafting Carl um, Anthony Towns. Um, like I said, he didn't wasn't too bad. Um, you know, he did what he was supposed to do. He took advantage of the time that he had in the NBA, and he improved and worked his actually worked his way into um being a starter but again he just had like we said with big guys and you get ankle injuries and foot injuries for big guys it becomes a problem it was just a chronic injury a nagging injury and he couldn't do it but the story like i said um was just it was just really really weird to me um and a little it was a little crazy like i like i mentioned it's just you know to see that um 
it, you know, the, the different angles. Like I said, I always, when I get stories like this, I always sit before I bring them to the show to give you my thoughts and my opinions on the stories and on the information. I always like to sit back and read everything. You always notice I'm pulling papers out when you see me here. So I highlight, underline stuff. And, and I like to go through different, like I mentioned, different angles on how you could talk about the stories. Um, I, I, I always tend to go with my personal thoughts on the situation, but I also like to keep it somewhat open-minded. Uh, like I say, I tell you, like I went with, with the Brittany Griner situation. From the very beginning, I told you I felt like she was going to be a pawn. And a lot of people were saying, oh, I hope she doesn't become a pawn. By the time people started saying that, I felt like it was already too late and it was already done. And the last story, the last updates I gave you on that with her going to court and pleading guilty. And the way that situation played out, I again said that now I feel like it is coming to fruition. So it was just, you know, a little, little funny, a little weird. And I don't mean funny like ha-ha funny. It was just funny how wild, like. Dude was an NBA player, and, and what really happened to have him go back and be allegedly this particular type of person, or was he this type of person really before he came to the NBA? Did he need to go to the NBA for them to have a way to do A, B, and C? Was he be going to, to the NBA to be the investor on the back end or whatever? So again, like I said, it, it's always angles to a lot of these stories or most of these stories that you can go on and talk about but i like to bring you um my thoughts my uh opinions in, in in the most sincerest way and and try and give you paint the picture for you where you can see where my angle is or my thoughts and you can project your own in more than one way not just one-sided in one way to see things so you know um that that's pretty much um We'll be in today. You know, um, great show today. Like I said, thanks to everybody that tuned in earlier. Uh, thanks to everybody that's tuned in right now, currently. Um, again, I told you and I've been telling you to save the date. So the date is official. September the 4th. Yes, the Sunday before Labor Day at LB's Lounge from 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. Heat 100 Radio Sports Rap, Simply Monica, will be presenting a chicken fish fry. Tickets are $15. Um, we have tickets I will be getting with you. Um, and you know, I'll always post when I actually have the tickets in hand. But if you wish, you can DM me, message me, and let me know how many tickets you need. And I can put them on hold for you. And then later on down the line, I'll tell you how you can get me and pay for your tickets. So like I said, tickets are $15. They will be more at the door. More information and more advertising is coming. So just stay tuned. Um, you know where to find me, folks, each and every Monday right here on Heat 100 Radio, heat100radio.com. Look in the group in the description. There's the RDO link for heat100radio.com. You can get us there. Or you can just go to your phone, download the TuneIn app, because you know we got the best shows, the best topics. And we got tickets. You know we always got tickets. So you can go stand in lines for shows or you can do what we always tell you and tune in to Heat 100 Radio to find out where we have tickets or what we have tickets for. But you got to tune in in order to find out. Again, like I said, Instagram and Twitter, sport, at sportswrap underscore D. Right here, uh, Facebook, Sportswrap Podcast is the group page. 
Also, the web, uh, the web, let me see, what is the web? I got so much going on. The web, sportsratradio.com, YouTube, Sportsrat TV. If you missed any of this, you can catch up and get the audio on iHeart, on Apple, on Google Podcasts, on whatever or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Enjoy the rest of your day. Be great on purpose. It's your boy, Sports Rap D, signing out. And I will see you all next week right back here on Heat 100 Radio for the Sports Rap Podcast.